Welcome to part two of the Deer Hunter. I love the smell of my pump in the morning. Did you first play? I'll bet you could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Good morning, Vietnam! You let me worry about that green beret. Napalm in the morning. Your first, last, and only podcast for the Vietnam War through film. Good morning, campers. Hey, Hey-o. he throws Stevie yeah. on the Jeep of an Arvin, an Arvin Jeep, and so Stevie gets whisked away, and De Niro is just kind of there, and then I think they then the military hospital. Oh, then we're in the ho- that's right. Yeah, okay. yeah, to a military hospital where Christopher Walken is uh, uh, admitted for physical and psychological trauma. And um, I look at the bodies <laughs> piling. They pile up. The bodies pile up outside my window. <laughs> <laughs> that's a oh, that's boy. a dead idea. I, I, How do we afford Christopher Walken? In, in I, here? Yeah, <laughs> I gotta I gotta work on that. Yeah. It's more. I mean, at it, least you're trying. At least you're trying. Has 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 about. my Werner? You know, it's, it's no, a little intimidating because no, no. it's so spot on. Yeah. Luckily, Werner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as the bodies pile up. Oh yeah, no. Um, <laughs> so uh, he, you know, walking, it gets out of the, gets out of the. Uh, he's got Merrill, like Troy trauma. said. So he's got his Merrill picture that he's. Uh, yeah, that's right. Making eyes yeah. at and uh, but quickly he's closes laminated it. Laminated Merrill picture, right? But he closes it quickly. He's kind of like I don't want to. So you know, he's got kind of obvious trauma. Some doctor comes in. He's asking him these questions, pretty basic questions, um, and then he's not answering, can't answer them. And the doctor's like, "Got to get this guy the hell out of here." Um, yeah, he couldn't answer his parents' birthdays, which I don't. I know mine, but a lot of people maybe wouldn't. But yeah, he breaks down at that point. Their I think birthdays like, are. I <laughs> I, again, bir- spot on. Birth- is that you, Chris? What is a Chris? What is a birthday? <laughs> uh, he, that was a little Trumpy. He, uh, he, uh, it's okay. We'll take it. It's the best birthday ever. <laughs> Nobody's seen birthdays <laughs> like this before. <laughs> Everybody's talking about this guy's birthday. Um, I don't know. It's a birthday. Um, so he ventures into Saigon, and uh, you know he's uh, he's just kind of wandering aimlessly. We heard he hears gunshots. Um, from a gambling den. It was c- crazy busy Saigon, um, and I, I've never heard gunshots when I've been in Saigon, but I have experienced it being very crazy and busy. I don't know. Yeah, so some of the these scenes were were filmed in in Patpong, uh, in, uh, in in Bangkok, which is uh, a pretty lively area of uh, of the city. So I'm told. Uh, it hurts pretty wild. Yeah. Somebody told me that once. Somebody, what 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 happened to the person that told you <laughs> I don't that? Know. I don't know. They they oh, <laughs> go ahead. They had their they had their idea, bachelor party yeah. there, and you know things <laughs> happened, and police were paid off, and uh, yeah, you know, mm. but uh, every, all all was mm. fine in the end. Um, was hashtag Bert's hog involved in this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could have. Uh, if Bert was a lady boy, then maybe I could have so, got uh, got us out of some jams, <laughs> but. Uh, no, um, what is this? Is he a Swiss Army knife, <laughs> Dick, or something like? It's impressive. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. It's a Swiss it's Army a penis. Diver, Swiss Army penis. Um. 
pick locks with it. <laughs> I'm just getting them out of a gym. <laughs> it's like when you give a at a jail when you give like a you know like a, a razor blade or something through a loaf of bread or like a you know to to the to the inmates to like yeah right yeah that's a that you smuggled in in your bung right. <laughs> How did we get here? The old keister smuggle. <laughs> All right. So, We're going down the wrong road. We're going down the dirt road here. So we're in a gambling den, and uh, and uh, these guys are playing Russian roulette. Well, they love competition. <laughs> so, And it's Herschel Walker, which is weird. Um, no, it's uh, um, some gentleman, and there's lots of betting going on. And uh, it obviously reminds him, triggers, of his previous torture experience. Um, and uh, and then we're... Oh, we missed... Uh, he gets propositioned right before this by a um, uh, sex worker who, bring, lady. who brings him upstairs, oh. who's got the crying kid. And Oh, yeah. Right. Oh. So, and then he kind of bails. I can't do this with <laughs> the kid. <laughs> Here. <laughs> I don't know if that's bad. That's really bad. I told you it's not Hollywood. If you need uh, a voiceover guy. Um, I have other skills. Let me work on. I'll focus on my other skills. Not that. I'm done with those. Okay. So riddle me this. The, the, the betting system where the, everybody's holding their, holding their money in the air. How do they keep track of that? It's almost like the cane fighting with Rambo where they're all screaming with their bot huh. in their hand or huh. their dong in their hand. Actually, huh. Dong in their hand. Yeah, I, there you go. Okay, I went to I went to a a fish fight. <laughs> is this code I, for I, something? I, I was I no I was I was I was taken to a uh, a fighting fish uh, beta fight and uh, they collect. Hey, remember that wedding reception, Eric? Uh, where we where we uh, may or may not have uh, drank the uh, fighting fish out of the glasses at the uh, reception. Do you remember that? Remember that time? <laughs> we may or may not have. How do you drink a fish? It's in the water, and you just drink it. Oh, okay. I, I, I won in college. I won a free pizza for drinking twenty-four goldfish, and it was worth it because I couldn't eat anything after I swallowed. They just go down like gummy bears. You eat gummy bears? They just you don't chew them. Um, but then they swim around in your stomach. Well, not for a long time. Um, the acid kills us, so we're good. Is that is that more humane, uh, inhumane than eating fish? You you. Well, <laughs> as Kurt Cobain once said, it's okay to eat fish because they don't have any feelings. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll not play that. We don't, we don't have the money for that one. And uh, God, where even are we? Uh, so we are going everywhere today, oh, so, man. So 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 no, the bet they take your money. They 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 obviously collect just like at a horse race, like. It's yeah. not like you're gonna let people wave money around and then like they're gonna like oh I actually like no you put your you put your money in like one pile or the other right like with your and so the, with a with a little tag for what you bet on like it's not it's like these scenes like did the fish you were betting on um, shoot itself in the head <laughs> it did uh, and uh, and then shot the guards. Um, oh, it escaped. <laughs> it escaped. On, on foot. Uh, it's the, it's yeah. the new. That would be a great Finding Nemo where, like, he's... Uh, <laughs> oh, he's forced <laughs> to play Russian roulette? <laughs> and he is... He's, <laughs> and he Him versus Dory? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, I would watch the shit out of that. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, 
my God. Uh, trademark Eric Jones. Uh, <laughs> I've said it. Um, French businessman uh, Julian Grinda. We're, uh, we get one of them, uh, uh, Francais, who are, um, you know, they're lingering over in, uh, in, uh, in Indochina. And, um, you know, he, 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 he wants him to come in and, you know, he's, uh, he's kind of a bad, uh, he's going to be a bad influence on Morgan. Yeah. He's a bad influence. Uh, come play, come play. And he goes in, he d- says no, but he goes in anyway. And he's, Mike is there. De Niro. Yeah. And, uh, he's a special. That's kind of unusual. Don't you think that seemed a little, uh, a little convenient. Like, wow, just happened to be, yeah, yeah. that was, a. Uh, like wow, that's out of all the Russian roulette joints, you had to walk <laughs> into this one. Yeah, I mean, it's he a, must have heard the shooting. He must have heard the shooting too. Then I'm guessing. I don't know. It's a, it's a little like like the fact that these three guys would all be, you know, like just I'll like, be there in the same. I'll, place. I'll be there. I'll, I'll meet up in in Vietnam. Like that's that's not completely how it works. Um, no, we had this issue when we did um, Dead Presidents, where it's like all these guys that are buddies and. Brooklyn or wherever they were living. Well, they let they let you go over as a gang, right? Like, hey, we're fr- we're friends. We're friends. Can we surf together? We want to be. We're buddies. Yeah, yeah. They they totally do that. Um, no, but right for the movie, you know, somehow De Niro's there, uh, and uh, as a spectator, and um, Walken has the thousand yard stare. He is he is not in a healthy place. Um, right. He goes up to the. I guess match that's being played and grabs the gun and kind of shoots one of the guys that's playing, although it does, doesn't hit. There's no bullet in that chamber. Yeah. Then shoots in air quotes himself and then kind of just walks out like, Ooh, damn, that guy's good. And everybody else like, man, mic drop. That yeah. guy's really good at Russian roulette. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. He's a zombie at this point. He doesn't care if I don't, if he lives or dies, I guess. I mean, he's just like, who gives a fuck pretty much. seems like, yeah. And Mike Probably being hooked hooked on heroin doesn't help either. So Mike tries to follow him out. Right He's kind of running uh, into the Nick's kind of runs into the night and gets in the car with the French dude. And uh, Mike's sort of chasing them. But and Nick can he knows that Mike's there, like calling for him and sees him. But he kind of just does. He's like, yeah, he hurriedly leaves. And I'm uh, right. I've kind of left that life. And then that's the scene, yeah. right? He throws money in the air and everyone comes running and it like clogs up the street. And then, yeah, uh, walk and disappears. Um, so any, anything to say before we flash back to Pennsylvania? It's time to party. Um, 1970, De Niro returns. Woo. Um, welcome back party. All a, right. They have a big old, big old keg, pony keg, uh, dialed up there. They're ready to, uh, welcome, uh, welcome him back. Pony keg at rolling rock. Woo. And uh, uh, he's got some difficulty re- uh, reintegrating to civilian life. Yeah, he kind of goes, uh, it, it's at his trailer, right? Isn't that where the party is? Yeah. Which, where Meryl has moved in to that trailer. Yeah, we missed this, because her Cause they're, they're, dad beats the living hell out of her at the beginning of the movie, so she wants to um, kind of vacate that premises and move in with... Move, move into their place while they're in Vietnam. So she's been living there while they're in Vietnam. That's where the huge party is. And Mike sees the party, tells the driver, you know, just keep going, keep going. Um, and he goes to a motel. And uh, he visits Linda the next morning. 
and learns that Walken has deserted. And then, so De Niro's making his rounds, but, you know, it's it's not the fun-loving party guy uh, backslapping. You know, he's, uh, um, he's affected. He's wearing his um, sort of... Uh, Dress greens or these, uh, well, he's not they're not his dress, but he's wearing like his, uh, you know, uh, beret and, uh, and yeah, he was and an medals. army ranger, yeah. so yeah, it's I was wondering because he was in civilian clothes a little bit, but he was he was wearing his uh, uniform quite a quite a bit, yeah, most of this is when he's after the war because uh, she's got to go to work and he's like, you mind if I uh, walk you to work, Mike? You're so weird, you know, she says to him and. Yeah, but they do. They walk and, hey, Mikey's back. Hey, look, everybody, it's Mikey. Hey, how you doing? Nice to see you. Hey, how you doing? There? Hey, <laughs> the Nero's not bad, you know. Uh, it's better than the walking. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's low bar. De, De Niro. He- uh, that could have been Joey from Friends too. I wasn't sure which I was confused. So. <laughs> oh, I'm so insulted. Oh no. <laughs> he visits. How a- you doing, <laughs> Angela? Who's the mother of a child, and but she's canatonic, and uh, we we right we don't really know exactly yeah. why or like there's not really an explanation. I mean, other than her husband has been lost both his legs. Yeah, um, and he's but he's invalid, and I guess and, fine. That's maybe a pretty good reason. And then but. he's and then he's trying to find out. He's doing some investigative work, trying to find out where where he is, where his buddy's at. Um, and that, that'll be a little theme that'll come back later. And then, um, the three friends, um, the friends who remain stateside, they, you know, they have their distance. They, uh, you know, again, this is coming home or, uh, born on the 4th of July, other movies that we've talked about, the distance, um, is, is the Gulf is pretty great and the soldiers have a tough time getting back into society. Yeah. This is when they go to the bar. Right. Um, after yeah. so Mike kind of meets them when they get off their shift at the steel plant in the morning and they go to the bar. And so it's supposed to be like, hey, this is what we used to do sort of thing. But it's it's not the same. It's uh, and so now he's like that soldier at the wedding who, you know, didn't really want to talk about it and no one understands him. And then so that's uh, that's obviously kind of what he's going through. And. We go out on it, we go out on a deer hunt again. De Niro, how does he, how does he how would you rate his hunting this this one, Troy? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think he was still decent, but obviously probably shook up from the war, so he mi- ends up missing, takes his one shot and misses this really nice. He stag misses on purpose. Yeah, that's right. Because he kind of flinches. He has and a pulls shot. Up. Yeah, yeah. He's and he's hunting and he alone. Take the Nick, shot. Nick is not there. Take the shot. Yeah. <laughs> is that from Under Siege? I don't know what "take the shot" even means, but is that from something? It's from some. Oh, that's from that's from one of the Bond films. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> I think it's uh, it's a Golden Eye. You only have twenty yeah. twenty to choose yeah. from. Is that? I think that's a Golden Eye uh, reference. I have no idea. But he, so he doesn't, uh, he's hunting alone because Nick isn't there. Fredo gets a kill, but doesn't use the one shot technique, uses the multiple shot technique. Way, the thing's still alive. It uh, goes wading down into the river. 
and everybody's laughing at him. Um, the other, cause it was, uh, Axel and, uh, John got their deer. Now for so, asp- aspiring well, hunters out there, you, you do want one shot and you want a clean shot. Uh, so that it doesn't spoil meat, right? If you, if you like, and you don't want to wound an animal either. Yeah. You, know, it's, you, you get one shot, it kills it instantly and it doesn't, doesn't destroy. Yeah. Doesn't. That's what the Kyle Rittenhouse method, right? <laughs> oh, dude. God. I need my, where's most my trombone sound effect? <laughs> uh, you know, this, this episode is timeless, Matt. You don't want to date it. Oh, that. okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, the, uh, oh, back in the cabin, this scene. Oh, is, yeah, yeah. So, so post Fredo's bungled kill, I guess. Yeah, and uh, and then they're and then they're joking around with a with a handgun, and he's like, "What? It's not loaded." Hey, Mike, it's not loaded. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's just like Rich Little over here, just like all the God voices. damn. Can you? Yeah, he does the Ronald Reagan. He does all of them. So old Rich Little. I do the Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't bring up Nancy. Well, <laughs> ask and you shall receive, for sure. And uh, and then De Niro grabs the gun and um, puts a round in it, or does he? There's a there, there was a round yeah. in it. No, uh, he, he yeah loads it with. He one shoots bullet. it in the air. Yeah, he, he first he shoots in the air, saying it is loaded, and then he dumps all the amyloidics and puts one in, and holds it up to Stan's head and pulls the trigger. And fortunately, it goes click, or maybe unfortunately, it goes click because Stan's kind of a. <laughs> douchebag but uh that's my own opinion so it wouldn't have been sad <laughs> troy anyway. troy sorry yeah. going hard on fredo he did yeah, a good job yeah, playing cancer douche horrific yeah um, yeah yeah whatever so did john wayne but you know hey mike i was next in line and i was stepped <laughs> over <laughs> and so uh de niro they is all a- say i'm dumb i'm not i'm smart <laughs> does that have a vietnam theme in that we could watch that uh, no, it takes place in like the thirties. So yeah. Hey, stay and- tuned, folks, for a for a very special, uh, <laughs> very special Christmas episode coming. Also, will be tangentially related. Maybe. Yeah. This might be airing after that episode. <laughs> so who knows? Um, so so he tracks down, De Niro tracks down Savage at the Veterans Hospital, and his legs are amputated from the from the fall out of the copter. He doesn't have the use of one arm, um, and you know he's. Really doesn't he? He likes it there. De Niro tries to talk him out of, you know, want coming home, and and he doesn't want it. He wants to stay there. It's pretty depressing. He's, he pretty feels depressing. like he doesn't fit in. He doesn't, you know, he's missing both his legs, and you know, coming back from Vietnam, he he just doesn't. He's comfortable being with everybody else that's going through the same thing he is. I think. I, I think he doesn't. I, want I to should. Go back. I should add that. If he doesn't want to leave the VA during the Vietnam War era, then he must be in like the premium hospital because the VA is like yeah, notoriously like, shit awful. like yeah. during that period of time. And we got a glimpse of that in coming home. Um, and yeah. so I, I'm going to give this a non accurate uh, assessment because the VA had all sorts of, I mean, problems. And still does, and still, yeah. yeah. But still does. It was especially bad though, when they're just being overwhelmed with just thousands and thousands a month soldiers kind of flooding into these hospitals. So, well, I I also thought it spoke to his he, his issues weren't just physical, like like major psychological. No, he uh, was exhibiting those in Vietnam still. Like, yeah. I mean, so he, I mean, he broke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, in during 
kind of the war. So it, so it wouldn't matter if it was the you know the Hilton or the VA. He would have you know I think he was not in a position to go back to society. Um, but he tells De Niro that he's been getting large sums of money from Vietnam, and uh, the plot thickens. So. I just when I, I watched it twice. I watched it today. By the way, I, I'm that much of a hero. But uh, Rag. when they when he looks into the drawer with the money, what he sees that wooden elephant. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, it's almost like I served or something because I I watched it twice. <laughs> you too. Um, it's like yeah, dodging STDs is your own Vietnam. Thank you for your uh, service. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. But yeah, when he was at the uh, lady, the lady, the um, the prostitute's place, he looks out the window and sees that buff or that uh elephant and he's like i need to get an elephant and that's that was in that drawer too oh. with the money so ah good catch yeah i did not catch that nice thank you and uh yeah so so this is we forgot to mention that uh mike and Merrill do the naughty they do um and it is naughty it is a hot, it is a hot scene <laughs> so naughty. um yeah and uh you know, I don't know. It's it's an I guess I won't throw stones at him. He's got you know. There's there's uh, it's complicated. Obviously, uh, uh, he no one. Well, she approaches him first initially. She's like, should we just like do it because like it will make us feel, feel better? better? Yeah. And he's like sympathy. Yeah, and he's like, nah, nah, yeah, no, nah, nah. I'm gonna I'm gonna, you know, he he bails on that opportunity. I guess, and then he. Well, the thing. Go ahead. No, I, yeah, I was gonna go say. So he find he finds out that Stevens, you know, at the VA, and he's got to go. But then he ends up. She comes with him, and but he ends up basically. How many they go through? A, they go deer hunting. They do a bunch of stuff before he actually goes and sees Stephen the VA. So it was kind of like <laughs> kind of put it off a little. Yeah. Bit. Oh I, man, it, it seemed I like he get, had urgency when he left. There, right. You know, but I will get right on not. that after I do many other things first. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he's yeah. got a busy life. It's like ninth on my priority list. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. So, so that that gets into Nero's mind. Like, hey, let's go find, let's go find Walken. And uh, so we're back in, we're back in Vietnam. And uh, I will say, my m- one of my favorite parts of this movie is the 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 state of chaos in the. So this is fall of Viet, fall of Saigon. The, so we're in seventy five. Yeah, so it, it this spring, is, it, it 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 it's done really well. Like it looks almost like um, the actual footage that is sort of very famously the storming of the of the embassy. Um, the, you know, the hel- and and they I think they do use some footage of like the helicopters being pushed off of the ship. So it's it's the height the tension is heightened. You know, this is this is the end of um, that famous scene yeah. that is I think it's usually misappropriated to being at the embassy. It was like actually at an apartment building um, where I think the head of the CIA lived on the top floor of it. So it was like kind of like a secret CIA station. But that's that famous photograph um, where you just see the people kind of coming up the ladder toward to the roof to get into the helicopter. Right. Very, very famous um, photograph that is kind of recreated in, in the film. But that's recreated. The, 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 the masses... Storming the embassy scene is is recreated, and and in 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 all of the hullabaloo, yeah, uh, it's the search for Walken. Okay, my question is, how does he get back in? He comes back in on 
a military visa? A, well he comes on a military helicopter but what does he do just like ring up some old buddy you know at the pentagon like hey i'm looking to get into vietnam to find my drug addict friend uh he probably wouldn't use that kind of accent when he did it but um well, it's hollywood uh, <laughs> so he knows chris christopherson he's also a helicopter pilot he, he flies him in um yeah the just the fact that he gets in the saigon I thought is that a little thing, bit like, like how, does, how is he getting back in at, at the fall, when they're not sending people yeah. back in. No, like, no, no. We want people, people out. People we want leaving. people going other way. Yeah. And uh, De Niro finds the Frenchman and uh, you know pers- persuades him, cajoles him to going to the gambling den. I don't know anything. I don't know where your friend <laughs> Nothing. is. And then I forget if he bribes or he bribes him with a big old... Pretty much, yeah, money. Five times. grand or something. Um, and then... Uh, and then he he's he's there with Walken, who is a uh, who's now a real pro at this at this oh, game. Oh, he's like really fucking good at Russian roulette. Yeah, really good, much better than her. Well, then here's the thing: he's been playing Russian roulette for like five years now, right? Like, I don't <laughs> how, how many times he plays Russian roulette on a daily just basis. The, you're just saying the That's, odds are uh, okay. The odds are pretty. Like he's beat the odds. All right, right. all right. So um, I've yeah, I have a, a theory. I have a theory on this. Okay. So you know how they at one point they kind of show the track marks in his arm, okay, right? yeah, to make to be like oh, oh he's you know a junkie or whatever. My mm. theory is that 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 is kind of put there by his handlers. That's not actually track marks. It's like fake, you know, ah. tra- drawn on or something. And did you notice? Okay, so he's got the red wrapping on his head, right? <laughs> I like this, this theory. Okay, I'm that's for the blood packet. Okay, right? so you is notice on the on the left side yeah. of his head, yeah. there's like a little bunch. There's a little bunch there, right? My theory yeah. is he has lost to Russian roulette before, and they just kind of like <laughs> put the skull and the stuff back in, and they kind of wrapped it up, and then that's why he's oh, kind of like catatonic, like. So it's like a weekend at Bernie's kind of situation, sort like of. The, but yeah. like he's not dead, dead. But he like that's why he's so out of it is because he's already had a bullet go through his head. <laughs> Seems legit. I mean, yeah, for sure. Troy, you want to get you're not, buy, you're not buying that. I was just yeah yeah I, well, why is the lump like why be, is the be, lump on the left side there then? The lump is for the blood packet. So when he shoots him, whoops! Spoiler alert. Um, the, so when he may or may not shoot, but the himself, blood comes out of the right side of his head. But it flies. It flies out of well, both again, sides. Right? So I'm like, does it? With firearms, yeah. The the exit wound is way bigger than the entry wound. So yeah, you're gonna have a lot more blood on that on the exit wound. Hey Troy, do you want to get down on that. Matt and I? are gonna have we have like a, sort of a. Group couples costumes for Halloween, uh, the Christopher Walken um, sort of uh, head bandana, um, massive head wound, Harry. Uh, that sounds good. Yeah, you can. We can. You can decide. You can be any of the characters. Um, you got to call on the Walken. You, you got the. You got the. I'm not doing. I can't. No, the impersonation is not down. No. <laughs> um, We're gonna have to all work on that uh, for sure. Okay, so we got Mike. You know, trying to. You know, he bribes his way up. I want to play. I want to play my butt at Chris in uh, roulette, and you know he's trying to get him to remember, come back home, come back home. You know, remember the remember the trees. You know, and all this stuff, which is stuff that Walken was talking about earlier in the film. Yeah, the the deer hunt. The right, yeah. right, and then he mentions one shot, and then and then he kind of snaps for a second. You know, and he's like, oh yeah, one shot, and so Walken. Finally shows some remembrance of the previous life that he had. One shot. Oh, then he kind of smiles a little bit. And then Troy. Okay, here's a little tr- trivia. So that gun, 
that was used at the end was a different Smith and Wesson model. It was 36 model 36 and it was a five shot. So yeah, the odds are even less with that gun. So. Did That's somebody little, sneak little that in? Trivia. Do you think like one of the gamblers, like, yeah, I don't know. That's another thing. Where did they get all these American made pistols? I mean, especially Smith and Wesson, they're high end. So I don't, I don't know. But again, I overthink things sometimes. Well, let's so uh, let's where do they came from. Let's do a little Foley work, Troy. Let's uh, let's hear a little of that. Uh, let's Matt, hear a little Matt Foley. Spin spin that cylinder uh, for the microphone there. Let's see if it'll work. I don't know if we can hear it. Yeah, it's too smooth. But anyway, here's the. Troy lubes up his gun a lot, so on a daily basis. Oh yeah, hashtag Bertog. There you go. Take a drink, hashtag everybody. Smith and Wesson. Yeah, there you go. And uh, um, yeah, so so uh, and then, so and, and then what happens? I I forget. <laughs> well, 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 De Niro De Niro De Niro takes a shot at himself, right? He yeah. he pulls the trigger. Um, and, and obviously doesn't die. And then, um, and then De Niro is crying. There's some good acting. It was Robert De Niro. Well, I think it was walking first and it went click and then it was De Niro and it went click and then they put more money down and then walking does. I, I was always wondering how this, does it just go until somebody shoots himself? Is that how this game is played? They don't. Yeah, like say I know. one person goes, one the other person goes, and then okay, you guys, nothing happened. You guys are good. We're gonna have it. Just was kind of like somebody's gonna die at the end of this. I would think it would be like boxing, gonna... like you know, you do it once, and then it's like okay, now I gotta I gotta take a break, and I'm gonna rehab, and you know, I fought one match, which is one one shot attempt is a match. Okay, and then you okay. get okay. you get like eight months before your next round, your next fight. But evidently, this isn't boxing rules. So this is like thirty seconds before your next fight. Yeah, gonna, yeah. You get. You should. When when you're president of the Russian Roulette Fighting Association, you can. In- I need to clean this shit up. This is a. Yeah, it's an outrage. Hi, I'm Matt Yeagle, president of the Russian Roulette Fighting Club. <laughs> We're looking- Not only a president, I'm also a client. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and th- we care about employees here, which is why. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, and then... No life insurance, though. Sorry. <laughs> Ew. Uh, he pulls the trigger and kills himself. Uh, Walken does. And, uh... Yeah, Daenerys, Daenerys is really good here. Yeah, no, this is some, uh, this is incredible acting. This this scene... But again, I'm like, Daenerys is saying, you don't have to do this. And I'm like, I think he does, right? I mean, I don't... What are they going to... If he doesn't do it, he's going to probably get... Beat to heck. Well, he could just shot. say, uh, I got to go to the bathroom real quick. And then. <laughs> and just yeah. make a quick run. Yeah, maybe that. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. And so he. Yeah. He, that... he dies. And De Niro and the friends, they attend Watkins' funeral. Yeah. Smash right back to Pennsylvania. We're at the funeral for Nick. It's the same small group. It's interesting that this is, you know, this Orthodox community, but we don't like. We're introduced to Steve's mother. But like no other like family members, extended family. Like yeah, this is another these. this is another major problem I have with this film. Like, we we waste all this time on the wedding, and don't actually show a lot of depth of family connection. And then this place where there are deep generational kind of like um, hooks. The, the the side of that is that, that these people would be involved. The other family we don't see any yeah. of them. Like no. basically. Yeah, um, and we like we go to the actual burial site, which is conveniently right next to the steel plant. And 
who's at the funeral. It's just like all the friends and Meryl and yeah, again, where the, where Angela are these and intergenerational that's it, families. I think so. And yeah, considering the party they had, the wedding slash you know going away party, there you think there'd be more people there for sure. Well, that's a da- funerals are downer though, man. Like, come on, yeah, come on, it's so fun. I'm here yeah, for the free true. booze, all right. To die for. I did have a question. Was Fredo and Angela together? Because it looked like I have that in my notes. Because like Fredo is like kind of walking her off of the uh, out of the burial plot. You know, he's kind of and he's consoling her. He's got his arm around her, and then, but I wasn't sure. Like they don't like say that or anything. Yeah, I didn't catch that. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe. It's- I kind of noticed that it looked like maybe there was some past history, but they don't really actually come out with it. Well, is, yeah, I wonder I, if he's the father. I just kind of feel that. Oh, <laughs> the little blonde-haired kid boy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it should have been quite a. Look like it should have been a bald brunette <laughs> that was chain smoking. Would have been actually more <laughs> yes, accurate. I think a little uh, bit, but bit more accurate. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're left with the uh, God bless America. That that scene. It that was, was weird too. The whole the whole scene like. They go back to the bar to make breakfast or whatever post funeral, and it's it's just there's like barely any talking, awkward, and it's this long scene, <laughs> and Mike keeps kind of eyeing Meryl like, hey, remember when we did the stuff that time? It was cool, <laughs> and she's not like reciprocating with the eye contact really, and it's it's yeah, it's yeah, just awkward. I I I'm guessing that was by design, but uh, yeah, they. Uh, they take us out with No, them. yeah, no. I mean, it's yeah. It, it it's it's a good scene to view. It's just it's just an awkward scene. Um and then it closes with well, picking the song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, picking the song God Bless America right after a f- your buddy dies and you're at a funeral. It just seems like maybe not the right song, but well, theme, it's, but like it's, it's almost like they're trying to cover cover all the darkness with a patriotic song to kind of just kind of project uh, the song you know, is a know. it's it, a controversial take, like and and how people took the use of the song at the end of the movie was controversial. So I guess we could talk about what we thought of it and how we took the yeah. Use of that I thought song. it was inappropriate, but I thought they were trying to cover up their they don't want to deal with things. So let's just sing a patriotic song to kind of blanket everything. That's kind of how I how I perceived it, but I don't know. He wanted to hear Keith Richards singing uh, Happy from Rolling Stone's Exile on Main Street, I think. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, yeah. Or some Toby Keith will put a boot in your ass. It's an American way. That's my It's It's my sad favorites. that that also flashed through my head, <laughs> <laughs> this song. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think this is, I don't know for sure, but it's meant, uh, not not ironically, maybe that's too strong. Well, some people word, said like, it was like it's sarcastic. It's like... It's like a sarcastic performance of it, or like is it's it's a dour singing like of the song, like it's done in um, protest or just just how they're delivering it in the film is is down and dour and and you know appropriate for the I guess event, maybe not the song choice, but the delivery is. Um, but some people took it at the time as like, oh, this is sarcastic, um, and I don't know. I mean, I, I think I think like um, having uh, in the last years gotten to more funerals than I would like. I think the the um, the kind of I think people tend to double down on rather than they're not 
if it was a soldier, I'm just who has passed away. Uh, people are going to um, lean into the patriotism, right? They're gonna like. Mm-hmm. I think. I think this was a like. Didn't know what to, we didn't know what to do, so let's do this. You know, let's have this. Uh, this yeah, it's dirge. like you have to just just justify our freedom by. You know, I think that's. Even though, yeah, I don't know. It just feels like, yeah, it was forced, but to try to instill patriotism after somebody, yeah, yeah. dies, you know, and it wasn't even, it was self-inflicted too, but I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, to me, I'm not sure that it's, I, I, I definitely don't take it as like, you know, a sarcastic thing on the part of the director or anything like that to put it in there. I, I take it more as like a, this, these are, um, to kind of go back, this is like the blue collar working class, like, you know, um, um, hardworking Americans that are patriotic, you know, they, they, yeah, yeah, they, they believe that they believe this stuff and they are singing it as kind of like, and it may sound dour and down, but they are, even though all this bad shit has like happened to them, like, you know, at the beginning of the movie, everyone's happy and you know, everything's great. Right. All this bad stuff has happened. None of it, none of it needed to. And they're still okay. Like, yeah, we're Americans. This is America. Like we're going to keep moving on. Like, and so this is just reality. And, um, you know, that's not going to change the, the fact that, uh, you know, we live here and, and we're not going to turn against the country or anything like, you know, the damn hippies would or anything like that. Uh, it is just kind of, this is our lot in life. It sucks. We're moving forward kind of, I don't know. Yeah. It felt, it felt authentic to me. And I think we are as the audience who knows maybe as sort of the, the fly on the wall perspective where we, we can add our own, like there's a tinge of, of of irony in 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 that and and can question it, but the they're doing it the only way they know how to you know to process that grief, um, leaning into that patriotism. Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting way I, to I, I end the film. Um, sounds good. I think it's a real interesting way to end the film. Is it's because it just cuts right after the song, so yeah, it, it's over and then. So yeah, it's it's interesting. So that was the uh, that was the deer hunter. Yeah. Um, Let me jump back because we never talked about why are 35-year-old men going to serve in Vietnam? (laughs) And this this would be pretty abnormal, right? They're probably not going to have been drafted. This is where I'm going to add some historical context. As fellow 35-year-olds, we can listen along to this. I'm not that old. Because this was 68, right? This was uh, when they went in? Yeah, 67 is when the Pennsylvania scene is we assume so okay okay yeah so this would have been via selective service reinstituted by Truman in 47 which said all 18 year old men must register so I'm assuming you boys are um at the time little bit of resistance but as of 1964 most people would say hey it's our patriotic duty you know and not give that sort of not 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 protest against it but that starts to change once ground troops start getting introduced into Vietnam Overall, there's two and a half million men enlisted in Vietnam overall. Um, and they are not representative of the boomers as a whole. 27 million came of a draft age during the war. 
80% of enlisted men were working class or poor. So four times more likely to be sent to Vietnam than wealthy. So that's this right, group. They don't guys. have a college deferment. They can't. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 2% of Americans lived in small towns in the 60s. So small town is less than 1,000 population. Troy, are you in a small town? I was born in a small town. I came to live in a small town. Eight, uh, I'd like to be buried in a small town. Eight percent for me. Eight percent of deaths in the war were people from small towns out of the two percent. But yeah, easily avoiding the draft if you're from a wealthy family. Um, college is a great way to get a deferment. It's a IIS deferment. Uh, register registrant deferred because of activity and study. Um, the another classification is IVF registrant not qualified for any military servants and this is where wealthy draftees would get a private physician to vouch for a medical exemption so something Bone like spurs. asthma I, well I didn't say that skin rashes flat feet uh, being gay braces or like our former president bone spurs braces like on your teeth braces, braces. on your teeth yeah you could get it for that wow if you got the right doc he'll do it um, that will be proven out bigly yeah. <laughs> Thanks. What a hero. Um, so, th- yeah, this is a huge change from the Second World War, which was much more representative of the nation as a whole. Um, an- oh, another good one. Another good way to get out, National Guard. So middle class primarily right. are part of this weekend warrior class. They're not called up. And famously, Johnson and Nixon didn't call them up because they didn't want to, hey, these are people that actually donate and vote. So... Um, so it's a good way to, for the wealthy to sort of, in air quotes, stash their sons to avoid service. Like, I'm trying to think, what would be a good example of somebody serving in the National Guard during Vietnam to avoid service? I don't, can nothing comes to mind. think of anyone. John McCain? No. Oh, George W. Bush. Um, yeah, because he did the National Guard, right? Yeah, he was defending the shores of Georgia and Texas from the Viet Cong during, uh, during the war, and... <laughs> Um, yeah, so well done, sir. Well done. So these guys, even though they're 35 or 40, at one point, one of the, the one guy, one of their friends who is kind of a bigger dude, I forget his name comes up. He says, yo, Mikey, I, uh, I would have been there with you, but not for this bad knee. Right. I'm like, well, you know, you're also like 40 years old and like way overweight, but like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Was that the owner? That was, uh, that was John, the owner of the bar, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. Saying that, I believe. I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are other reasons, buddy. Are <laughs> you? Um, yeah. So that's that's just a little bit of backstory on on kind of draft and and sort of the position that these guys would. So th- I think that is a good realistic representation of these these type of guys are generally the type of guys you're going to see in the war. Yeah, who who were drafted. It also fell way more disproportionately on, on minorities, African Americans especially, and we talked about that in the uh, Dead Presidents episode. So please refer to that one if you want some background on that. Well, I think it's uh, now time for our segment. Book of the week. <laughs> Thanks, Mark and Mira. Today I wanted to kind of take a look at something that the film covered it at the end, which is the fall of Saigon. And I want to look at it from the perspective of the North Vietnamese, actually. So this is called Our Great Spring Victory, Van Tian Dung. 
uh, the chief of staff of the People's Vietnam People's Army, and this is their perspective, or at least the perspective that they want to promote to the outside world of uh, the fall of Saigon and kind of the end of the war, the Second Indo-Chinese War. Um, and this is kind of, you know, a glimpse at looking, he doesn't get super political with this stuff. So he, he's kind of looking at it in the book, at least as kind of a talking about it as a no nonsense campaign. He, he's the commander. He's occupied with results. He's not looking at kind of political, you know, he's not pontificating about any of this political stuff. Um, and it is really looking at it as kind of a blow by blow you know, and what his mission is, design and uh, construct a war machine that would basically l- turn the enemy um, on it on its head, essentially, um, and then kind of uh, launch this uh, successful assault on uh, the, the capital in the south. And so if, if you want, you know, with these books written by, from, from the perspective of, the communist party, they are, they are careful about kind of what they say and how they say it. So you need to take it definitely with a grain of salt. That doesn't mean it's not a valuable historical, historical resource, right? We can, right. That, that point of view is an, is an interesting one in and of itself. Right. And, and even knowing that what you're reading, yeah, we got to, okay. You know, maybe they're, maybe they're kind of inflating certain things and, and kind of, you know, the, the glorious victory, et cetera. It's still interesting just for that, just on that part, it's interesting yeah. and valuable as a historical resource. So, um, there, you know, there's a lot written on the fall of Saigon. I mean, not a ton. Uh, a lot of the l- literature on, on the war in Vietnam is looking kind of more at, like, what led to the war and the kind of, you know, the early stages, Tet, things like that. Um, the fall of Saigon is, you know, something that has been studied but uh, probably could could use more study and and this is a kind of a valuable perspective on that so if you're interested in that sort of perspective i think our great spring valley van Tiandong would be an interesting place to go I, I think it's it's kind of an overlooked sort of aspect especially from the vietnamese perspective so that would be this week's book of the week <laughs> And it's our final segment, of course, where... Uh, rambling, 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 man. We use the Vietnamese currency, the dong, um, a.k.a. Hashtag. B- B- BLH, Burt Lancaster song, to give it a rating. Um, uh, Troy, how many how many Burt Lancaster's hogs are you going to give out of 10 are you going to give this film? I'm going to give the full Burt Lancaster, um, and I'm going to go with fourteen, uh, eight dong, eight dong. I th- I'm going to say that's I don't. I'm, I, fourteen. Anyway, I'm go that I, I think I said eight. Oh, but, uh, okay. Anyway, oh, I yeah. thought you said the full Burt. Oh, if we could go the so full, the full yeah. flaccid Burt. Okay. Oh, there you go. Exactly. Exactly. I. I oh God! Don't the Google that. Three hours long. <laughs> yeah. The. Uh, you know, the movie's three hours long. You've got your almost three sections. You have pre-war, and you have them going into the war, and then post-war. And I, I, I liked how it was broken down to kind of learn the characters, learn learn their kind of internally how they they act and think. And um, it, it was a dark, intense movie. Um, it's not something I would probably want to just watch all the time. Um, but I, I think it was obviously at five Academy Awards that were won. And how many were nominated? It was like... 
Like nine or ten or something. Where were we at? Nine, yeah. So, I mean, that that speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I I definitely, the film, it it almost reminded me, especially with the... um, the wedding, like like some sort of like with them and the music in the background, like like The Godfather, kind of like a mafia type movie. Um, so the filmography was great, and I could say it was dark, but uh, yeah, sticking with my full Burt Lancaster as far as I know, eight dong. <laughs> From what you've heard, yeah. From what I've heard, yeah. So I'll I'll go I'll go next. Um, okay, I. I need to get over. I'm a little angry about the, the the wedding scene. I it's tough for me to know like a film that I don't really want to watch, like like every year or or repeatedly. There are, there are some films we watch that you know you could watch again and again, and it's kind of it's oh, it's fun to watch Platoon all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but like in Apocalypse Now is a, is a film or Full Metal like, Jacket's one. fun too. Yeah, yeah. It's rewatch yeah. Apocalypse Now, and uh, so. <sighs> This, this, uh, I, I, I do appreciate what's trying to, and you know, the performances like Walken, De Niro, Meryl Streep. I mean, this, this is incredible, incredible cast, and they, the, the acting is incre- is amazing. Um, I'm going to give it seven, uh, which is, uh, which is a, a, a flaccid, but it's ice, like a Burt Lancaster out of some cold water, weather. a cold, a cold Burt. I was in the pool. <laughs> I was in the pool. Uh, and uh yeah, um you know it, it I I'll get o- I'll get over my um you know again my anger of the uh, of the of the dumb stuff that I thought it 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 did but um I'm going to give it a 7. What do you think, Matt? I think well Troy Troy mentioned the Godfather and I think it was mentioned in the when we were recording. I think this is an attempt to make an epic. Like this director is like, I'm going to make a friggin' the epic. Godfather. I'm going to yeah. make a friggin' epic movie. Like I, I don't care what the topic is. Like I just want like some really like long, drawn out thing. And that's his goal. And he made a long, drawn out thing. Definitely. Um, there, you know, I I got I got some issues with the film. Not the acting. The acting is is. I have zero complaints about any of the acting. Every character in this film does a really good job, except maybe for Steve. Um, There's, like, no bad acting in this. Maybe though. Steve. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but, like, the rest of them are, are all are all top-notch. Um, I don't really need the hour-long wedding scene. The stuff in Vietnam, it just seems like it could have been anything in that middle section, like it didn't ha- it didn't matter that it was Vietnam. It could have been, yeah. Oh, these guys went on a road trip to you know <laughs> wherever, and, Vegas? and some va- there yeah, was they, a lot of contemplation. Yeah, they they went to Vegas yeah. and like some bad shit happened to them. Like like it it didn't matter like that it was Vietnam because we got no introduction to like what is actually happening. It's just like. They're in Vietnam, and immediately bad stuff happens. Like, okay, like, you know, we we there's there's no real transition there, and I don't think that's why I don't think this necessarily is a Vietnam War movie. I think it's more of a movie about kind of a working class community and how they deal with traumatic stuff. I think that's what the movie's about. 
So I totally agree. That's, um, that's a good point. And you know they don't deal with it that well in some cases. And and but I think at the end, kind of like we were already talking about, they are going to persevere and move on. So I think that's what the movie's about. But that doesn't mean it's not real annoying that they kind of the Vietnam stuff is is just kind of crammed in there. There, it's like a half hour or something, probably. Like they're in Vietnam, like or ba- or maybe less. Yeah, like and like like actually think about it. If you think about like the the stuff that's not the hospital or the you know like that actually involves Vietn- Vietnamese people at all or or Southeast Asian people, that mm-hmm. are, you know these Thai actors. Yeah. Um, it's not a lot, but the yeah, like the roulette thing. Okay, we already talked about it. it's fake. Never happened in real life. Okay, so is this supposed to be some kind of metaphor? Like, oh, America's involvement in the war in Vietnam is like playing Russian roulette. Like, so what? You're gonna lose one out of every six wars you fight? I don't know. Lately, we're our record is worse than that actually. But um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, hey, y- you know, <sighs> wasn't the author. Initially, the the book, and again, this is just my, I, I'm not 100% on this, but it was something to the fact that the Russian roulette was part of the original story, and then they actually incorporated Vietnam into the story of the original book, and I honestly, I'd have to go back and look. Oh, wasn't that, that like was, a, I remember. it was like a, like, yeah, there was like a, the movie's not based on a book, but there was like a book that they got some inspiration and parts for, I think you're referencing, right? Like, I think that was, yeah, I think that took place in Vegas actually. Yeah. So, Um, so your observation is pretty astute. Like this is, yeah. Yeah. It feels like that because it's what happened. All right. This is my long drawn out way of saying like, I I probably got to go like 6.5 Lancaster's, um, 6.5 dong, (laughs) 6.5 dong. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't like the movie. I mean, it's okay. I, the acting saves it definitely, but um, it's yeah. The plot is has issues. I, I have to say. So, uh, Matt, uh, if if folks want to get get at us on uh, on the social medias, uh, where can they hit us up? If you want to tell me to stop doing impressions, hit us up at Napalm Podcast. <laughs> I, I heard from a listener uh, who, who will remain anonymous until he tells you otherwise that uh, he uh, he. He loved an episode, and so go tell Spartans. Right? He did not, in fact, decide not to Google <laughs> as Troy demanded, <laughs> or or it, it it was kind of a it was kind of a whatever you do, don't do this thing I'm about to tell you. And, and so he they did didn't. Not, he they did didn't not, do it. He did not Google it, and yeah. and he's a better man for it. But if they want to hit us up, they can on Twitter. Hit us up on Twitter at Napalm Podcast, and uh, that's where I post. All our episodes, uh, random musings that we occasionally have, uh, you know, depending on on what's going on, you know. Yeah, we, come come check out a pic that we'll we we'll, get a little we'll behind take, the we'll scenes stuff of, sometimes uh, um, of us in uh, um, mm-hmm. full um, uh, De Niro um, outfit today. Um, you want to know what yeah. you you hear these voices, right? You always hear like you listen <laughs> to the radio, like you have a picture in your head on what this person looks like. Just gotta know. We we look way better than what you think we look like. I just have to say, so at least for at least I do. They have they have a face for podcasting and television. That's how handsome. Yeah, I, whenever whenever I first saw Terry Gross, I was like, for fresh air, I was like, that's not what I was expecting. Yeah, it was. Uh, I had the same thing when I first uh, saw Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
You were like, he's so handsome. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. Mega dildos. Maybe. May he rest in peace. <laughs> nice. Uh, All right. Bam, well, we got two Russ references on this podcast. <laughs> for uh, for Napalm in the, mo- in the morning, uh, I've been Dr. Jones. I've been Rolling Rock. <laughs> and I'm Taroy. Thanks. See you next time. Later. I'll bet you could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Good morning, Vietnam! You let me worry about that green beret. Napalm in the morning. Your first, last, and only podcast for the Vietnam War through film.